I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. Hey, I want to talk to you today about what I call the tipping point. It's the point in a sales conversation with a prospective client where you ask to be hired. And the reason I'm talking about this is we were doing um, um, a design fee workshop here at Interior Design Business Academy with our members last week. And this was something that was coming up as a kind of a sticking point. And I thought I would share it with you. This is a little piece of what we were talking about, but I want you to have it. So first, before you get turned off and freak out because I said sales conversation, because I know nobody wants to be a salesman, um, let me explain. Let me explain. We're talking about being in a first appointment, which we assume is paid or likely is paid appointment. And we've talked all about what she wants. We've looked at her workbook and her lookbook and all the stuff that she's collected and looked at the space to see if it's possible and talked about those things. We've done a budget on the fly with her. So that's when we're building out a budget on the first appointment. Takes about 10 minutes, really easy. Something else we teach here. And what that does is allow the client to tell us what they're comfortable with paying for all these things. They just have no idea how much there is. And, and, and of course, when you, add it up, it's more than she probably thought. But but it's okay. It's fine. It's actually a really nice giveaway or deliverable for a paid first appointment because people really don't know what this thing is going to cost. And it's a process you do with them. It's collaborative so that you come up with a number that they are comfortable with with the individual pieces, but you know might be surprised at what the total comes out to. So you did the budget and the fly with her. You did the whole thing. You wrote it all on a piece of paper. You tore off the piece of paper and handed it to her. And she goes, wow, that was more than I thought it would be. Well, okay, all right, you got to go ahead, okay? That's that's the point at which you have all of the scope and you have a budget, you can call out a fee. That is the tipping point. That is the point of power, okay, so to speak. Um, that moment is the very most likely moment that if you say, here's, here's everything we're going to do, hire me, that she's going to say yes. Okay, because you've spent essentially the better part of an hour with her building the anticipation and the excitement of what could be. And yes, I could do this for you and, and connecting with her in relationship. And she likes you and you like her and sounds good. And now you have, you have scope and budget. Now it's time to ask to be hired because this is the, this is the tipping point right there because this is the most likely moment that that client's going to say yes to your offer, except that it doesn't usually happen. Okay, so why? (laughs) Why? Since there's this amazing spot where you need to be doing this, why isn't it happening? 
Well, usually because you bailed out at the last minute. Okay, we talk about this a lot. You get in there with this intention that you're going to do it, that you that you know you've got a two hundred and ten thousand dollar budget. Your fee is about thirty five, thirty six thousand. Okay, pretty easy to figure out in your head, right? You you've got it yet. Yet you were ready to say it, but it didn't come out of your mouth. And so you tell yourself in your story in your head says, Oh, well, I'll just go home and I'll write a letter of agreement with, with the fee in it and send it to her. Okay. Now you can do that. You can do that, but you have slid over the top of the tipping point and you are going down the hill on the other side. Okay. Because you know, you might still get the job that way, but your chances are probably reduced by 50%, maybe more. Okay. Why would that happen? Well, the excitement of the moment isn't there anymore. You're not there anymore. You're not talking to her anymore. It, it, this is something that you need to be able to say out loud to your client's face, not hide behind a screen and send it out and go, oh, I don't know, right? Okay, that's that's what I see happening for a lot of us, okay? And, and you really got to know that, you know, sending something on an email is not, uh, it's not great, right? It's very impersonal. And you don't know when that email is going to arrive, if it does arrive. And if she opens it into the middle of something else, doesn't have time to look at it, flags it and said, okay, I'll look at that later and forgets about it. And you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs going, oh my gosh, you didn't call me back. What happened? What's going on? I really want this job. I don't, you know, this whole story going on in the background because you didn't finish the conversation with her. Okay, there's this is a self-induced pain, right? That, that that I see happening over and over, and I understand why. Okay, but these are things that you need to kind of work through so that you can do this and and get over this hump because this is a piece that's going to help make your business run very smoothly to be able to do this. Okay, the problem with with not calling out your fee and asking to be hired at the at the the tipping point moment is that when you give her more time to think about it she can develop those buyer's remorse things going oh well maybe I don't want to do that much maybe I don't want to spend that much maybe I do I mean all of that instead of getting it solid and going forward the direction you're going you're allowing a, a space for it to unravel and fall back down again okay a lot of times you know, they read the, the a letter of agreement on the email and there's things that they don't understand or don't quite know what that means and you're not there to answer the question and that little wiggly thing in their mind turns into a bigger question and questions that don't get resolved and answered quickly turn into objections, okay? And then those objections turn to, no, oh, I'm not doing this. Okay. You can see how it just unravels. It's just like, like string unraveling on a ball. You know, you let it roll long enough. It's just going to fall apart, right? Because you, you weren't there at the time when you really needed it. When, when somebody's running through a letter of agreement, you want to be able to present that letter of agreement and say what all of those clauses mean and when we're going to do this and when we're going to do that and what her responsibilities are and your responsibilities. This is something that, that's part of the conversation, not something that you close your eyes and just send away and go, oh, I don't want to talk about that part, okay? You, you've got to, to build your confidence in this area and, and, and be able to do this, okay? Because what happened by sending this out is that you just completely lost your momentum, 
Okay, you lost the, the energy you had going forward. Now it's falling flat. And now you're calling me going, well, should I follow up? Well, of course you should follow up. That should have been in there anyway. But, but you're, you're, you're working backwards now, trying to put it back together again when you had it. There was a moment that you absolutely had it and you didn't step in. Okay. So that begets the question of why can't you say it? <laughs> Why'd you bail out? Okay. You know, you, why did you not, why were you not able to say my fee is $36,000? Okay. Well, brings up a bunch of things. It's scary to ask for money for yourself if you've never done it before. Okay. It's scary. You can make up all kinds of stories in your head about these negative reactions that people are going to have to you that really don't happen. They're all just stories in the background in your head that, that scare you and keep you from doing things. And, you know, you get to that point of doing it and then back off and, and this, you know, this little voice in your head goes, Oh, no, you don't have to do that. You could send it by an email. Well, just, just tanked you. Absolutely tanked you. So, so we realize that it's, we're good and, and comfortable with asking for a lot of money for product, right? Hundreds of thousands of dollars for kitchen cabinets or, you know, a $22,000 sofa or that sort of thing. Okay. It's fun, right? It's, it's cool. It's beautiful stuff. And we have value in the stuff. We find and understand the value of the stuff. However, we have a little trouble with ourselves, the value of us. Okay. Sometimes it feels salesy to have to say that. Okay. And, and that, you know, can be a story that you've made up. Somehow, if I say, you know, this piece about hiring me, I'm going to turn into a sleazy car salesman. Not true. Not true at all. Not true. But it's, it's, it's absurd to have, spend the time having all that conversation and not get to the close because that's what the client needs you to do. And you're not, you're not stepping up through that. Okay. And it, it doesn't turn you into a sleaze to do it. You just need to get square with the idea that the world works on selling. People have come to you for, for something they want. You need to, to put that together in the way, in an offer that they can just say yes to so they could get started. You don't want to lead them to the edge of the swimming pool and then say, okay, now we can't dive in. We're just going to, we're, we're just going to dance around the edge. We, we've got to go there. Okay. So sometimes we have the idea of saying, a big number, and I'm going to use 36,000 because that's just the number we're going to use in this, in this podcast. Uh, saying that brings up, um, feelings of, of not being worth it. Like I have to do, I'm not good enough yet to ask for that much. Or it could be, or it could be more like imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh, you know, I can't ask for that. I don't really know what I'm doing. I, I'm just pretend, you know, all those games that go on in your head. This is what's stopping you, right? This place. This is the piece that, that you really need to work on so that you can step through this, this tipping point and actually do this gracefully and comfortably. And, you know, your business will <laughs> expand mightily. It'll be amazing what happens. But you've got to make peace with this idea of selling and make peace with the idea that that 
that first appointment, paid or unpaid, is a sales conversation. The whole thing is a sales conversation. Now, that doesn't mean that you're pushy or that you're you're manipulating or anything like that. You're just finding out what this person wants and what the needs are and figuring out the money piece and getting all that straightened out. All of that is a sales conversation. All we want you to do is close it at the end, okay? And, you know, and if that's bringing up those feelings of not good enough yet or imposter syndrome or all, you know, we all deal with that stuff. No, it's not just you. It's all of us, right? And that may be something that you need to get some help on, right? Get some, to work on that and to get through that because I happen to know it's not true. I happen to know that you're really good at what you're doing. You're really good at what you're doing. And you're better than the client is. You know more than the client. You know more than you did last year. You're growing all the time. Okay. This is an old story from way back when you were a kid that's still sticking there and getting in the way. So we need to get out of the way so that, that, that you can, <laughs> you can close your selling conversation. Right? Because we don't want to just walk away from that conversation, not saying what to do next. What's the next step? Right? The next step's to hire me. If you walk away and don't do that and leave the client with all this ideas and the budget and the this, and you're waiting for them to call you and say, Hey, will you come work for me? You, you, you're backwards. You made it just, you made it hard for them. Okay. What needs to happen there is you need to be able to, to just make an offer that they can easily and comfortably say yes to. And then that's it. Right. That's over. All right. So we got to get square with that whole idea that this first appointment is a sales conversation. Okay. The whole time it's a conversation about what this person wants and what they're looking for and what they can pay for it. And what, you know, what do you want this job? And do you like this person? And what are you going to charge? All of that's going on in that. And when you put the bow on it, it's asking to be hired. Right. So here's how I got square on, on the idea of selling. Okay. Because, you know, somehow that can have a bad connotation. It's got a bad connection. Right. And it, it, shouldn't, okay? Because selling is valuable. It's a valuable skill and it's not sleazy and it's not pushy and it's not overbearing or anything like that. It, it's, it's, it's helpful and supportive and gracious, okay? So this was my, this is my thought about selling, how I got square with it. When a client calls me to help with a problem that they can't solve, all right, which is why clients hire you, right, whether it's a, a little thing or a whole house or something, this is something they can't do themselves and they want you to solve this problem, okay? It can be, you know, one little thing or a full remodel or what sort of thing, but they want something. They want this new living room. They want this complete remodel like they saw on TV. I mean, that's that's the desire that they're putting out to you, okay? And your responsibility is to answer that, okay? This is what they want, and they need some help in getting there. Now, they not only need help in the actual design part of how we put this together, but they need help into stepping into actually doing the project with us. They need our help there too, okay? So, and the reality of all that is that I can't help them unless they say yes to me. Now, that's the key thought statement of the whole thing. I can't help that client unless they say yes to me. And help is what they're asking for, and help is what I want to give. So, so with this idea of I can't help them instead of unless they say yes to me, my obligation then is to create 
an, an offer around what it is they want me to do that they could say yes to. Okay? Now, I'm going to go back and repeat that because that's a really important thing. My obligation to them is to create an offer for what they want and what they want me to do that they can easily say yes to. Okay? That's the whole gist of it. And there's nothing sleazy, nothing slimy, nothing pushy, nothing in there. It's simply responding in a very respectful way. Okay? Now, that's my my how I squared out the selling thing. Okay? You can develop your own thought around that and your own affirmation about that, but but that's mine. I mean, you put it on a sticky note, put it on your computer. I can't help my client unless I <laughs> unless they say yes to me. Okay. How do they say yes? Because you made an offer. Just like that. All right. Now, this offer is not one magic thing that you say. <laughs> My students and designers often come to me with that. Well, what, what, what's, what do you say? What do you say? Well, it's a conversation. It's not just one line. Okay. It's not that abrupt, just like bunk. That's it. It's a conversation. It's gracious. It has flow to it. And you listen to what's going on for the, for the moment that you're supposed to, supposed to say it. So, you know, it, in the conversation, that tipping point shows up and it naturally just flows into your ask. Now, I'll model this for you. This is probably what I would be saying to my clients. So so we've agreed that we can get your first floor completely redesigned. It's going to be beautiful, right? And I understand totally that this is about entertaining your husband's business friends and, and acquaintances and supporting family. So it's it's got to be classy and good looking, but comfortable and cozy and, you know, it's your home, right? So, and I, it's going to be really fabulous. Now we know we're going to refinish all the wood flooring and paint everything because it needs it. And we've talked about wallpapering the dining room and the foyer. I think that's probably likely. Um, I haven't worked out the design yet, but I think that's that's probably going to be really, really good. And adding a couple killer light fixtures are going to be really dynamic in here. Really, really cool. Then we're going to have um, new furnishings in the living room and dining room. That's a big piece of this as well. And we'll make sure that we've got enough seating for your entertaining and the, you know, the dining room, everything works on, on those pieces we're working on. Um, and, and we can do that all for the budget amount that we came up with for 210,000. Okay. That looks like that's all really doable. And I can create this beautiful design and take care of all the details. My fee for that will be 36,000. And to get started, all I need is a check for 10000 and we can be back on Monday morning, and we'll do have the letter of agreement for you that lays all of this out. I will do the measures and the photography, and we'll be started. Would 10 o'clock be good with you? Okay, that's called an assumptive close. It's just a very soft, soft way to do it, but very powerful. Very, very powerful. You know, and as I said, there's a tipping point in every conversation. Okay, every sales conversation has that tipping point. So just get over the sales part, all right, and realize that this needs to happen, that you can gracefully just repeat back what every everything that you've talked about, all the details that she wants, including the budget, and then you say your fee right after you say that big budget number, you say your fee, which is actually a small number in comparison. And how that go how will that be paid out? Just like that. Okay, so that's the tipping point, and it's a conversation. You can do it. 
All right. And I guarantee you that when you, you get comfortable with this and start stepping into it on a regular basis, the difference it's going to make in your business is astounding. <laughs> so until next time, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're learning, head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com and book a clarity call. This is the perfect way to chat with one of our coaches about where you are in your business and what your next best step needs to be to make your design business profitable and enjoyable. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. So until next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.